Alan Redpath once said the conversion of a soul is the miracle of a moment, the manufacturing of a saint, the task of a lifetime. We'll focus on that next on this edition of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Join us. From Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, our teacher and pastor here at the church. We're going to spend some time looking at a message he has simply entitled, Godly Character is a Joint Effort. And indeed, as we'll see today, it is a collaboration between us and the Lord, a submission and a surrendering on our part and an active working on His part to create that saint, that task of a lifetime, right? Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast. Turn with me to 2 Peter 1. As we continue our series, uh, it's time to grow up. And today we want to look at this truth that godly character is a joint effort. God doesn't just come down and zap you into being godly. It does not. It, it's not something that you'll be just, uh, do it to me, Lord. It, it happened to me, or you're passive. It won't smack me. It, it doesn't work that way. We want to see what God's plan for developing your character looks like, and we'll first read the text in Second Peter. His divine power, verse 3, has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Do you see that? His divine power. Did it leave out anything? Granted to all things that pertain to life, I think eternal life, living in this life, and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Now, you don't become deity, but God has shared eternal life with us, forgiveness, and an eternal destiny, so we partake in things that come out of God's divine nature, but don't think you become deity. We just share in what deity has to offer. Uh, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness or patience, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and you have already achieved them, for if these qualities are yours and you received them in 1901, if these qualities are in you and are increasing, That's called growing. You're still growing. You're still maturing. You're still, uh, doesn't matter how old you are in the Lord. 
They keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our God, of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind. This is the ESV, and I, that's a good translation. Having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Great promise. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Godly character. I said last week, if many of you had to dress according to your spiritual age, you'd have to wear diapers to church or bring your bottle. Because no matter how old you are, you're still a babe. You've never grown up. You've never grown up in the Lord. You've never matured. You're, never, uh, you're at the same place you were 10 years ago. You just, you plateaued, and some never hardly, like at Corinth, never got out of the cradle department. They're self-centered, spoiled, and all their needs have to be met. They've never come to the place of maturity and being able to contribute. So Paul saw that as a tragedy, a tragic thing, but it did exist even at Corinth. It happened at, in the book of Hebrews. And when we talk about character, uh, it, what is character? And I put down here, uh, reputation is what you do in the light. Character is what you do in the dark. Uh, Character is what you do uh, in Las Vegas that you could tell us about. You know, they got a model. What happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. Well, God's got a model that says, whatever's done in secret shall be shouted from the housetop. I just had someone call me for one of these three to four day trips in Las Vegas. Well, we got one of those once before. And I had men pimping uh, naked women to me for four blocks. I finally took this guy and said, I'm going to hit you if you don't get away. I got a woman at my arm that's been there for 40 years, and you're trying to get me to sleep with a naked woman I don't even know. I need to smack you right in the mouth in Jesus' name. <laughs> if you put Jesus on it, it's okay. I said, there's nothing in Vegas I need. I don't want to buy women. I don't want to see naked women. I don't want to get drunk. I don't want to gamble. And I don't want to meet Luigi, who's heading up the mafia, who owns all the casinos. No, I wouldn't mind some iced tea. I wouldn't mind a pool. And if you've got a condo there, see me. Let me use it. But there's nothing downtown I want. You know what I'm saying? What I do there, I go on the road. Hey, I'm good. I, I never look at pornography unless I'm traveling and I'm in an airport and there just happens to be a playboy there and I want to pray for the playmate of the month. So I look at it. <laughs> Lord, save her. Woo, save her. Are you saying save her for you or save her? You know, what you do on the road is amazing because that's your character. But when you come in town, you've got to watch your reputation. What you do in secret is what you are. Your character is what you do out of town. Uh, here's the formula. God's grace plus your cooperation 
equals God-honoring character. God's grace plus your effort. Woo! That doesn't sound like grace. No, it's grace. God revealed it in his word. God's grace plus your effort, he invites you to this effort, will equal godly character. So that means if you don't have godly character, who isn't keeping their part? God or you? Well, godly character in Scripture is really the mark of success. Uh, we use around here when we want to hire somebody, is it character, competence, or chemistry, which is compatibility? Well, uh, you can have all the competence in the world and be a brilliant thief. Do you think there's any brilliant thieves in the world? You can have uh, competence all day if you don't have character. And when you hire people, one thing you can't give them is character. You can send them to get a skill, but you can't give them character. Boy, they're brilliant at math, brilliant at counting money, and brilliant at fraud. They never get caught. So we come over to our Christian life. Your fruitfulness and successful uh, participation in the family of God is tied more to your character than your gift, your charisma. I know some very charismatic men that proved to be womanizers and lost their ministry. So who cares how gifted you are? What is your character? So let's see what Peter says. He says three things to develop your character. One is God has to provide resources for this character. And he does. Three things. And they're right in the text. We'll mention them. And then he's going to say, we've got to join efforts with God's resources and become responsible to pay attention to certain development in our life. And he names seven areas. And then he tells you, if you'll do this, these are the results you'll see in your life if you pay attention to your character. Three things, he says, God has given you uh, as the resource for a godly life. He says, I've given you my power, I've given you my promises, and I've given you the gift of faith. Those three things. My power, I've given to you the power that raised Christ from the dead. Now, there's something about God's power. There's two kinds of power. That just, there's many, but two. Let's say automobile. An automobile, as it were, could be autonomous. It's not dependent on anything but a full tank. As long as there's gas and a normal operating machine, as long as you've got that gas, you've got the power to get you wherever you want to go. No problem. But God's power is like that of an electric train that runs off the power on the track. No contact, no power. No contact, no power. The power is there, but it has to make contact. It's electrical power. You've got to come in contact with the source, and you've got to stay glued to that contact. And Jesus said, you've got to abide in me. You've got to stay in contact with me if you want to bear fruit. And when there's no fruit, you've broken contact. When there's no power, if there's tons of power, you've broken contact. God has given the power. 
Then the promises, the promises of God, the promises of the gospel. If you don't believe God can do what he said, and if you question his character like you lied when you said that, and you're not relying on promises, really the only thing you can do on God's promises, claim them, rely on them. That's faith. Then he goes on to say, I want you to add to your faith. Interesting, watch this. He didn't say for you to add the faith virtue. No, he said, you've got the faith. I want you to add to the faith. Where did you get your faith? It is given to you not only to suffer for Christ, but to believe in Christ. Philippians 1, 29. For by grace have you been saved through faith. Right there. Now stop. This is all a gift of God. Grace, faith is a whole package of God gave you the gift of faith to believe him to even be saved. That's why we call the family of God believers. And there's unbelievers. They don't believe God. You give them promises all day. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Well, it doesn't change the promise. It just makes you an unbeliever. And you won't ever get it. He doesn't keep promises to folks that don't believe him. So the promises are given to who? Believers. Where did I get the faith to believe? He in regeneration gave me the gift of faith. So every child of God has the same equipment. God's power, God's promises, and the gift of faith. All believers everywhere have those three things. Every believer. Yet, we've got some still in diapers, still immature, still fit throwers, still grumblers, still immature, immature. Babies in the church with 60-year-old bodies, but a baby maturity. A shame, a tragedy. Why is it they're not cooperating with God to develop their character in reliance on God? Because he said, I want you to add to your faith seven things. Now, he's going to name these seven things. And just think of it this way. It's not you add them this way. Linear. Woo. Uh, how you doing? Well, I'm working on virtue. How long will you be there? Well, it'll take about 10 years. Then I want to graduate to, you know, eventually I'll get to brotherly affection when I'm, ready, and when I'm in the rest home and about ready to go to heaven. No, 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 no. It's seven things that are all to be growing at the same time. You're in progress. Now, one, you may be further along. One may be here. But it's the idea of all, just like the fruit of the Spirit, you don't just say, oh, I have lots of joy. I just, uh, I don't have any love. No, no, it doesn't work that way. All nine characteristics, you've got to be growing in at the same time. That may be different how far down. See, it's not how far you've gone. It's what direction you're headed. It's not how far you've gone. Are you going the right direction? Are you walking in the direction of the Spirit? And so Peter gives seven. Paul gave nine. Now watch. You ought to be growing and adding to your faith uh, moral excellence, virtue. It was a term that the Greeks used of heroes at war. It was those who excel in combat. 
They were, they were excellent, as it were, and then it came to be used of ethics. And so he said, you be, ought to be adding to your faith moral excellence, not just uh, sexual ethics, but in every area, honesty, uh, treat, treating people fairly, not above the rules, but can play by the rules. So you've added that to you, that you're known as a man of your word, a man of uh, character, and, and, and you work at it. You add it. When you got your faith, you weren't fully character developed. You had patterns, maybe, of doing things, of uh, how you did your taxes, uh, how you treated a lot of things. It's like uh, uh, I was told the story when I was in seminary of an uh, evangelist came to Houston to hold meetings, and Dr. Sumi was the man telling the story, had him uh, at Dallas, a great man, and uh, he's telling this story that this evangelist was there. The waitress came, uh, I don't know, made some kind of mistake. And he gave her a royal chewing out about it. The girl went, probably nearly weeping. And uh, when she went away, Dr. Sumi looked at the evangelist and said, I dare you to tell her about Christ now. I dare you to try to introduce her to Jesus. Oh, man of God. That's some of you. You have your temper fits. You have your moods. And you blast off. You do this and that. Say, so now invite them to church. It's why the church doesn't take, or the world doesn't take much church for real. It's just playing a game anyway. Until they see character in us. Has Christianity changed your character? And Peter is saying, add that. Join. Now what? By the way, I didn't, verse 5. Look at verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. And that word there, make every effort, it's a Greek word, come alongside of these divine resources. In other words, throw in your lot with God. Throw in your lot. Join forces with God's uh, provision. God's recent, throw in your lot and join up. It takes two of you to grow. Now, if you're not growing, is God doing his part? Always, always. But some of these kids really grow, and you haven't grown. Why? You haven't joined efforts with him. So he says, moral excellence, and to that, Add knowledge. And knowledge here is basic knowledge of God, His Word, knowledge that's acquired. And uh, uh, you know as much as you want to know. And the reason you don't quote any verses, you don't know any. And the reason you don't know them, you don't love them enough to learn them. I think of Carol's boy, Scott, Mary and John, and Bill. Scott Thompson, he said, I don't know how old he was when he was saying, I still couldn't read a birthday card. Because he said, I was into girls and drums school. And he was a great musician, but a terrible student. School didn't mean anything to him. 
He had no desire. So he couldn't read by the time he's up in his teens. He said birthdays were an embarrassing time because he couldn't read the card. He did not learn to read, but always phenomenal at drums. I heard him. I was in his last concert. Terrific drummer. He gets saved around 14, 15. Gets saved down at the Quinnen House in Pinole. Goes through Dallas, learns Hebrew, learns Greek, learns English, learns church history, learns hermeneutics, learns uh, Bible books, learns this, learns that. Pastors outside of Houston. What done happened? Did he all of a sudden get IQ? No, he found something he wanted to learn. Hunger was awakened in him. Passion was awakened. Guess what? I will get a master's degree in theology because nobody can quench my thirst. Then I see believers. How you doing with your Bible? What do you know? Well, I'm as dumb as last year. Praise his holy name. God does not bless ignorance. God blesses ignorant folks, or none of us would be saved. But he doesn't bless ignorance. I grew up with folks, don't go to Bible college, you'll lose the anointing, because God can only anoint ignorance. Lots of zeal, no knowledge. Don't, don't, go, don't be going to Bible college, those Baptists will dry you out. Because they knew more Bible than the group I was with. Why have you not grown in knowledge? There's no information out there. There's no Google. You couldn't have looked up justification. You were too lazy to do it. You'd rather stay immature than to grow. That's why we're always looking for leadership. We're looking for people to do ministries, do things. And some of you, the most spiritual thing we could ask to do is pick up a broom. Because you don't know much more. That's a shame. This church ought to be loaded with people that are wearing out their Bibles can talk Bible and work, not just stand around and say pie in the sky, by and by, but we will bless ourselves to work, to pray, to give, to evangelize. We will do what the knowledge tells us to do. We're not Because you see, Peter's taking on a know-it-all crowd called Gnostics, and he's going to describe them in chapter 2, that they claim to know tons, but they're immoral, they're full of uh, uh, adultery, they're thieves, they're robbing God's people, they have no moral scruples, they have no moral behavior change, but they claim we know more than you Christians. You let me say what the Bible says, you know no more than your character reveals. Don't tell us what you know. Tell me how God's knowledge has changed your life, your attitude, your home. Otherwise, you're just sitting in a church bragging on knowing a lot. Oh, <coughs> rubbish. Demons know a lot. Demons always been right about God. We have much demonic faith in the church. Know a lot and do little. Well, to be sure, God has called us to live out what He has put in us, to be doers of the Word. Our series is called It's Time to Grow Up, and this is Truth for Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, 
We thank you for spending time with us today, and we'll leave you with our address and phone number in the event you would like to contact us. In fact, we would ask you to take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can do so. Simply call us at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or you can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules. The zip code is 94547. Another way to reach out to us would be to stop by our website and drop us an email, valleybible.org. Now, we do have a lot of other resource materials available there, as well as a lot of information about who we are and what we believe. You'll find it all again at valleybible.org. And then finally, if you'd really like to let us know how the program is encouraging you, the best way would be to do so in person. Our service times here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules are at 9 and 11. Directions can be found on our website, valleybible.org, or by simply calling 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. For a copy of today's program, simply mention today's date. We'll send a copy out to you just for asking. If you would like the entire five-CD set that today's program was taken from, for a donation of $10 or more, we'll send it your way. Simply contact us and let us know of your interest. 855-833-9864. We do trust we'll hear from you soon and look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Phil Howard.